Earlier today in Washington, D.C., another career politician said something really, really stupid. Officials are concerned that ignorance and stupidity has blatantly crossed party lines and unfortunately has made its way to those appointed by elected officials as well. You don't say. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming. You have just entered Liberty Lighthouse, where we cut through the fog with common sense logic. Coming to you from Pennsylvania, the state of independence. Here he is, U.S. Navy veteran, author of the book, Progress, Really? And your freedom-loving host, Peter Serafine. Welcome to Liberty Lighthouse. I am the keeper of the Liberty Lighthouse, your beacon of common sense, your wiki, if you will, Peter Serafine. I urge you to join this conversation by calling 64 My Rights, that's 646 974 4487, and go to liberty lighthouse.com, sign up to be a member. Now, let's start the show. Today, we're going to talk about the Communist Manifesto. I recently reread the book, and to be honest, it, it shocked me a little bit just how much of the Communist Manifesto plan has already been, been implemented in the United States. But first, I have a tyranny alert for you. This is not a drill. This is not a drill. General Porter, General Porter, all hands on your battle station. The Commonwealth of Virginia has introduced Senate Bill 64. SB 64 in Virginia would make it illegal to teach any form of martial arts or any form of self-defense. It would turn it into a Class 5 felony. Specifically, the bill claims that it is paramilitary activity and a Class 5 felony to assemble with one or more person for the purpose of training with or practicing with or being instructed in the use of any firearm, explosive or incendiary device, or technique capable of causing injury or death to persons. Wait a minute. Felony to teach someone how to use a firearm? So a father teaching his own child gun safety is, is guilty of a felony? A woman taking a self-defense martial arts class, it's a class 5 felony? This is tyranny at its finest. This is an insane bill. It is scheduled to be on the, the legislative calendar in January of 2020. That's just next month. That's craziness. It needs to be defeated. And I hope that the completely democrat democratically run government of Virginia does not allow this to pass. This is insane. Okay, but there is a glimmer of hope within the state of Virginia. A Virginia sheriff has recently put out on, I think it was Facebook, it could have been Twitter, but anyway, one sheriff in Virginia has said that he will protect the Second Amendment rights of the citizens of his county, and if need be, he will vet and deputize thousands of citizens in order for them to be able to keep their Second Amendment rights. So there's at least one person in Virginia trying to stand up for our personal liberties. But SB 64 is just tyranny at its finest, and it must be defeated. 
Okay, tyranny alert out of the way. We can get back to the episode regarding the Communist Manifesto. I recently reread the book. I said that already. I read it in high school, but didn't really put a whole lot of thought into it. Didn't care about politics back then. Got into politics just a few years ago. And when I reread the book just a week or so ago, I, well, was frightened. So let's start with a couple of presumptions that the book makes that I think are uh, not relevant today. 170 years ago, when Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels wrote the Communist Manifesto, or as it was known back then, the Manifesto of the Communist Party, these things may have been true. But they're not today in America. So let's dispel those right off the top. In the first section of the book, comparing the bourgeoisie to the proletariat, uh, Karl Marx and, and Friedrich Engel make the claim that the proletariat, the working class, is about 90% of the people. And they also claim that those 90% of the people work for minimum wage. And minimum wage to them in 1847, when this was written, meant just enough to survive on. That they these nine-tenths only work for existence and had absolutely no ability to rise above, claiming that the proletariat did not have any ability to attain property. So comparing that to the 2019 America that I live in, well, let's start with me personally. I'm proletariat. I'm part of the working class. I bought my house. I own property. Well, let's look at broader than just me. The Federal Bureau of Labor Statistics in 2019 said that the average wage in America was $22 an hour, or $905 per week. Well, that's certainly more than we need just for simple existence. That's more than we need to just eat and have a roof over our heads. $905 a week equates to $47,000 a year. If that's the average, then the average American does make enough money to attain property, does make enough money to live beyond the simple existence of gruel and a shed to live in. The number of people in the working class or in the proletariat, as to use Marx's term, is also different than he claims as well. The authors claim that the working class make up 90% of the population. Well, according to CNBC, 70% of Americans consider themselves middle class. Middle class is kind of the definition of the bourgeoisie. Not only that, most of the studies that I found say that the working class is about 35% of the population of the United States. Well, 35% is a far cry from the 90% that the authors of the Communist Manifesto claim. Another presumption that is made by the Communist Manifesto is that we all exploit children through family. and that The only reason that we have children is to exploit them for working in them. Well, in 1847, when the Communist Manifesto was, was written, there were no child labor laws. So it, that may have been true in 1847, that you had kids so that they could go work and they could help bring money into the family. But 
in 2019 America, that's not the case. Children can't work until they're at least a teenager. And one other assumption that was made by the authors of the Communist Manifesto that I strongly disagree with is that uh, the claim that working man has no country. I, I think that's just very wrong, especially here in America. The working man of America is probably the one who loves America more than anyone else. Again, this is a claim that may have been true 170 years ago. The working man may not have cared anything about country back then, but I think here in the United States, I think the working class cares more about the United States than any other working class has ever cared about their country before at any point in history. So that's the handful of assumptions that are made in the Communist Manifesto that I think needed to be dispelled right from the start. Uh, these are assumptions that may have very well applied in 19th century Europe when the Communist Manifesto was written that I do not think apply to 2019, the United States of America. Okay, now that we've gotten the assumptions that I feel are wrong out of the way, I'm going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the steps of communist revolution that are clearly defined within the Communist Manifesto and just how many of them are already in place and how many of them have already started and how it was presented to us as good ideas and slid under the radar and we probably didn't even notice. So thanks for listening to Liberty Lighthouse. Be back in 30 seconds. Let me tell you why I chose Anchor to host my podcast. First, it's free. It's one of the few hosts I found that really is free. They have all the tools that you need. You can make your podcast on a computer or you can download their free app and make edits and uploads straight from your phone. So, if you're interested in starting your own podcast, I say download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Okay, now it's time to talk about the 10 steps listed in the Communist Manifesto as the 10 steps for Communist Takeover. But there are actually 11 steps. There is an 11th step that's listed as the first step, just not in that numbered list. And I quote, The first step in the revolution by the working class is to raise the proletariat to the position of ruling class to win the battle of democracy. So in this first step, using our own democracy against us is the first key. The step that actually precedes the 10 numbered steps that come later in the book is to use our own democracy against us. Here in the great republic that is the United States of America, the biggest challenge, the biggest obstacle for democracy to be used as a weapon for communism would be the Electoral College. The Electoral College is the, I don't know, the wall that was put in place by our founding fathers to prevent pure democracy or mob rule, as it's more accurately described, from taking over our country. The Electoral College has been attacked uh, many times over the last decades, but the attack has intensified recently, 
and our progressive friends have realized that eliminating the Electoral College is probably not going to happen anytime soon. They realize that it is a constitutional establishment and a constitutional amendment would be the only way to get rid of it. And constitutional amendments are extremely hard. So what have our progressive friends done? Well, they've started an effort, a push to basically make the Electoral College moot. I've mentioned it in blog posts. I've I've mentioned it on at least one earlier episode of Liberty Lighthouse, and that is the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact. This is where states get together and decide that they will give their electoral votes to the winner of the national popular vote for presidential elections. Until I reread the Communist Manifesto recently, I just thought this was progress and annoying and something that we had to stop. But now that I've read the Communist Manifesto again, I realize that this is a step of communist takeover. The idea of eliminating the Electoral College or making it moot is step one, like literally step one. It's precisely the first step clearly defined within the Communist Manifesto. So the first step, which is a prelude to the 10 listed steps in the Communist Manifesto, is well underway in America. Let's look at the 10 steps themselves. Step one, the abolition of property in land and the application of all rents of land to public purposes. Okay, well, this one might not have gotten too far yet. We still can own property, but taxing the land that we owned might very well be, well, it's a foot in the door, so to speak. Step 1A. We, the citizens of the United States, have allowed our land to be taxed, but we need to keep a close eye on that before the taxes are raised to the point that, well, it's not worth owning property. That would be the conclusion of Step 1 of the Communist Manifesto. Why own land if, if the tax on it is just not worth doing. Communist Manifesto Step 2, a heavy, progressive, or graduated income tax. To quote my basic training company commanders, well, holy shit, partner, this one's already underway. We are already paying a progressive income tax. Our income tax was set in 1913 at a maximum of 3%, and President Woodrow Wilson, who signed the Income Tax Act, said that it would never rise above 3%. I don't know about you, but my federal income tax was 22% last year. So a heavy progressive federal income tax is well underway. And all of these uh, Democratic presidential candidates, or, well, to be more accurate, the socialist presidential candidates that are out there now, want to raise the income tax as high as 90% for those that actually make a decent living. Step two of the Communist Manifesto is not only underway, it's, it's here. It's good, strong foothold and not going away anytime soon. Personally, you know, I think the income tax itself is unconstitutional. As a matter of fact, it was judged unconstitutional three times before the uh, Congress passed the 16th Amendment and thereby made it constitutional. And then, of course, 
immediately, like within the year, had already had an income tax plan in place. If I had my way, the 16th Amendment would be repealed and we would get rid of income tax and, and go to a consumption tax of some type, like a sales tax, which would be far more fair than a income tax that's thousands of pages long that none of us can understand. That only the rich people can afford to have attorneys and accountants to figure out all the loopholes and get around it. Another personal opinion of mine is if the entire framework of our government and all the rules of the federal government spelled out in the roughly 4,500 words of the U.S. Constitution, then I don't think the federal government should ever pass any law that exceeds that 4,500 words. Hell, the federal income tax is damn near 4,000 pages. So step two of the Communist Manifesto, well entrenched, well underway, clear foothold in our government. Step three of the Communist Manifesto, the abolition of all rights of inheritance. Well, we might not have abolished inheritance, but we tax inheritance. Well, that's just silly. I mean, whatever wealth you have accumulated, you paid your taxes on it. Why should your kids then have to pay tax on it again when you pass it along? This is another one of the steps of the communist takeover that we need to keep a close eye on. Because if they keep raising that inheritance tax, then we could mark step three of the communist takeover as being well underway and implemented as well. Step four to communist takeover according to the Communist Manifesto, is confiscation of all the property of emigrants and rebels. Okay, well, emigrants, whatever, they left the country, they forfeited their stuff as far as I'm concerned. But rebels? That word scares me. Who is a rebel? If there's going to be a communist revolution, then wouldn't it be people like me that are patriots that love our country? and love the republic that we are, wouldn't we be considered the rebels? Thank goodness this one hasn't happened yet. And to be honest, I personally can't find any signs that it's already started or anything like that. So we're, we're okay here. But uh, step five. Step five is the centralization of credit in the hands of the state by means of a national bank with a state capital and an exclusive monopoly. All right. Well, we haven't got an exclusive monopoly yet, but I am confident in saying that we're at least starting in this particular step. We have the Federal Reserve, and uh, just, I think it was two weeks ago, I did a Liberty Lighthouse episode about the Federal Reserve, and, well, it's just wrong, in my personal opinion. But there is one area where this step is, is, well, pretty well underway. The centralization of credit. Oh, you mean like nationalizing student debt, for example? Taking all student debt and turning it into government loans? Like that kind of nationalization and centralization? Well, that happened. And if you check your history books, the nationalization of student debt pretty closely correlates to the cost of college becoming absolutely absurd as well. So, I, I would put 
step five of the communist revolution is underway. Has it, is it complete? No. Have our friends in Washington begun to make inroads into step five? Well, they certainly have. Step six of communist takeover, according to the Communist Manifesto, is the centralization of communication and transportation into the hands of the state. Well, has the U.S. federal government been able to centralize all communication and transportation? Well, no, not really. But my God, they're trying on this one. They have created tons of agencies to do everything they can to regulate these industries out of existence. They've created the FAA, the TSA, the FCC, the FTA, the DOT, the NTIA, the NHSA, and who knows how many other agencies that regulate every form of communication that we have in our country and regulate every form of transportation that we have in our country. So they may not have taken over these industries yet, but they're doing their darndest to try. Step seven of the communist takeover is, well, I, I think it has a lot to do with the big push for the, oh, save the environment, the uh, climate change argument in the world. Step seven says, extension of factories and instruments of production owned by the state, the bringing into cultivation of wastelands, and the improvement of the soil generally in accordance with a common plan. Not seems like a lot, and quite honestly, it confuses me a little bit, but the improvement of the soil generally in accordance with a common plan. That part, that little bit of step seven, rings within me pretty clear with the climate change argument. I can't say that there's been any progress in this particular area. Let me know what you think, you know, call the 64 my rights number if you think that there's been progress in step seven that I don't see. But step eight is equal liability of all to work. Establishment of industrial armies, especially for agriculture. Well, equal liability of all to work, I think is a good thing. I'd like to see everybody out there working but I don't think that's what they mean in this particular step of the Communist Manifesto. Step nine, combination of agriculture with manufacturing industries. Gradual abolition of all of the distinction between town and country by a more equitable distribution of the populace over the country. Now, pay attention to that second part, that middle section of Step nine, if you will, just for a moment. The gradual abolition of the distinction between town and country. Well, our country has been working on abolishing the distinction between town and country for decades. Every time our federal government oversteps, every time our federal government ignores the Tenth Amendment and acts on anything that is not one of the specific enumerated powers of the U.S. Constitution reserved for the federal government, they overstep and they begin to abolish the distinction between state and country and abolish the distinction between town and country. We are more and more becoming a nation of one governance rather than 50 sovereign states, which we are supposed to be which we were designed to be. There are 30 or so specific powers 
in the Constitution that were given to the federal government. And absolutely everything else was supposed to be for the state and local governments to deal with. And our federal government stomps all over that all of the time. And every time they do, it is part of step nine of the Communist Manifesto, trying to abolish those distinctions between state and country, between town and country. Whether it's intentional or not, our government is actively working on step nine of the communist takeover. And that brings us to step 10. And step 10, oh my God, uh, we did this a long time ago, and I don't think anybody thought of it as part of the communist takeover. Step 10 says, free education for all children in public schools, abolition of children's factory labor in its present form, and combination of education with industrial production. Okay, first off, let's talk about the labor part, abolishing child labor in its present form. Its present form being 1847, when the Communist Manifesto was written. That's probably a good thing, you know, I can't argue there. Let's not have children in factories. So the Communist Manifesto at least got one little tiny thing right. But the rest of that particular step, the free education by the state, free education for all children in public schools, We've had public schools in America for a really long time, but if we look at them now compared to what they were when they started, our public schools have somehow become part of the progressive movement. The education that our children get today is not the completely unbiased, you know, this is history. What they get now is leans heavily to the left in our public schools. This is probably why it was one of the steps of the communist takeover to begin with. Look at the young people today. How many of our young people think that socialism is a good idea, admire Karl Marx, have wear t-shirts of, of Che Guevara? You know, this is not because they're revolutionary. This is because they think capitalism is bad and socialism and or communism is good. They certainly didn't get these ideas at home. They got these ideas in the public school that was paid for by your tax dollars and that was called for by Karl Marx in 1847 in the Communist Manifesto. So that's the 10 or 11 steps for communist revolution that are spelled out within the Communist Manifesto by Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels. Look how many of them are already in place in the United States. Look how many of them at least have a toe, if not an entire foot, in the door in our current society. Need a little bit more of a wake-up call to see how much the communist mantra, the communist vision has infiltrated America? Well, the Communist Manifesto also calls for the abolition of the family in its current form. The book claims that with the education being taken over by the state, that our children will revere the state more than the family. And look around, people. 
Look at all of the things that are being done in our society to destroy the family, and not just in the education system. The progressive movement has taken this part of the Communist Manifesto and expanded it beyond our state-controlled education system, and now they're including just basic human biology in the argument. The transgender movement that is being shoved down your throat in just ridiculous ways has obviously had an effect on family. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there are transgender people out there, and I kind of feel sorry for them. I mean, that's an, a really bad place to be. But as of lately, it seems like the whole transgendered movement has exploded. There aren't that many transgendered people. I think, wittingly or not, it's just another step in trying to destroy the family. The partisan divide in our country is another step. I mean, how many memes did you see on social media or how many comments did you hear about, oh, well, will you be talking about politics over your Thanksgiving dinner? <laughs> That'll be fun, won't it? Look, politics is politics, family is family. But we've become so divided that our political differences are interfering with our family. This is all just part of growing government. I really think that government grows. Government constantly grows. Government doesn't care about you or I. Government only cares about growing. And there comes a point when government can't grow anymore until it turns communist. And progress in our world today is forcing our government to turn communist. Do I think that it's the elected officials that are doing it? No, I really honestly think that government has become so big that it's, it's like its own living organism and it is taking on its own will. And it, that will is to grow. It doesn't care about anything else. Communism and the Communist Manifesto is just the next step in growing bigger. The socialist movement in our country is also just a step in making government bigger. There's a lot of people out there that think that socialism is nothing but the first step to communism. And honestly, I kind of feel that way. I think that socialism is just sneaking communism in through the idea of free stuff. Now, there are so many people in our country that think that socialism or at least think that socialized services are a good idea. I think that all of that is just part of how to turn America communist, and I am completely against that. We need to pay attention to what's going on, and maybe some of us need to reread the Communist Manifesto and pay attention to the steps because we as a nation are turning more and more communist every time Congress gets together for a session. And we need to find a way to put a stop to it. Okay, I, I think I'm going to call this an end. Again, as I often do, I start to get worked up toward the end of these episodes. And I'm going to start rambling if I don't cut myself off. So, thank you very much for coming to Liberty Lighthouse. Thank you very much for listening. If you have comments, I'd love to hear them. Please call 64 My Rights. That's 646 
974-4487. Leave me voice messages. I will use your messages on the next show. As always, I am sure that I missed something. I'm sure that you know more than I do, and I'd love to hear your comments. So next week, we'll have a follow-up to this show. Until next week, protect your liberties. Once they're gone, there is no getting them back. God bless America. Are you fed up with progressive society? I'm Peter Serafine, and my frustration led me to write a short book titled Progress? Really? Progress, really, is about the past, current, and future state of American culture, government, and social standing. I urge every liberty-loving American to visit my website, seraphine.com, and order a copy. Give Progress, Really, a quick read and some serious thought. That was seraphine.com, S-E-R-E-F-I-N-E.com. Order your copy today.